Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Tuesday remains undefeated as the best day of the week. Welcome to the Wise Guys. I'm Dave McCann with Blaine Fowler. Another Tuesday is here, which means another week is here, which means we're that much closer to the Big 12 getting here. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, every week, we're a week. <laughs> and, and officially, it's July, right? But we've kind of felt like throughout these last several months, as each team finishes up their last season, yeah. whether it be Independence for football or in the WCC for basketball, um, you know, baseball's still in conference play. But as each of these teams finish, we kind of feel like, well, now they're in the Big 12. Yeah. But but officially, doesn't it feel like the football team ever since the bowl game has been in the Big 12? It, it does, and they, they talk like it. They act like it. We... we um... We've been monitoring the, the guys coming in and the acquisitions like Akeedon Slovis. And, and all of it is points to the big time. And then, uh, you know, we, the schedule comes out, makes it feel real. And I can tell you that the coaching staff, um, their gear has Big 12 on it. Yeah, it like has I to, saw, right? I saw, I saw some of the coaching staff the other day. I'm like, oh, Big 12 gear. Okay. Nice. So it, it feels like it's already happened, but officially it, it happens in July. And, and I think we really feel like it happens when when that opener um, for for football at, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium happens and Big 12 is on the field. Is on the field. Then, then it's all about it, right? You know, we, we're fascinated with countdowns. Uh, I, all the holidays are big, I think, because of the countdown. Uh, in Vegas, covering the big fights, uh, the fight was fine. The buildup was where the excitement was. Right. That's where the people came to town and the, the uh, excitement. And then, and then Mike Tyson had come out. The fight would be over in two minutes. You know, and then everyone's <laughs> back to their lives. But, but this countdown toward the Big 12 is, has really, I think, kept this along. We were just talking with DJ a, a moment ago, our producer, of, of, man, we're almost in the middle of May, if you can believe it. Yeah, it's crazy to me. It, of course, it's felt like it's been wintertime until two weeks ago. Yeah, then, that's then true. Then it felt like summer, and now it actually feels like spring this week. 70, yeah, 70 today in Utah. So, well, we're glad to have you with us. Every every week we get closer. Make, make sure to follow us on YouTube. Um, we'll put the link in the chat. Um, hit the subscribe button. It's free. Uh, click on the bell, and, and you'll get notifications whenever we post anything um, or go live. Yeah. So, so you'll know what's going on. The more subscribers we get, the longer we get to do this show. We're into, are we a year yet? Almost. This yeah. month, so, later so, this so month. So we're a year later this month. We're also live on Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. So wherever you go, if there's an opportunity to subscribe, because all of it's free, just make sure you subscribe. Follow us on ysguys.com. That's home base. That's kind of home base. And, and if you subscribe, you get uh, a weekly email with highlights from the show. So if you didn't get a chance to see the show or if there's a couple of things you want to go back and re-listen to, yeah. it's laid out in, in highlights. You can watch interviews with, with folks like Danny Ainge and Jim Fredette and Marie Osmond and Ty Detmer and Kyle Van Noy. And I can just go on. Mark Pope, Dennis Pitta. Max Hall, Elaine Bradley, Austin Colley. It just, it's just an it just awesome goes list. on and on and on. This last year have been phenomenal um, guests and a lot of really interesting conversations. So, hey, it, 
subscribe and you can go back and go, oh yeah, I forgot that interview with Danny Age. I want to go listen yeah. to that again. Or I if know. I don't have 55 minutes with Danny Age, I can hear, what did he say about Larry Bird? Yeah, what did he say about Larry? Or uh, that layup to beat Notre Dame. Exactly. It's a who's who among BYU alumni. And well, how did Austin Collie describe fourth and forever, right? Yeah. What, what, but, did John, what did John Beck think about, uh, or, or actually last just last week, what did John Harleen think about um, back to Harleen? And, mm-hmm. What does he think about the phrase Harleen's still open? Any of that. Yeah, and Kyle Van Noy when he single handedly beat San Diego State. That's All of right. that is right there at, yep. at wiseguys.com. So make sure, make sure you follow on wiseguys.com. So. Well, with every passing moment, as mentioned, we're getting closer to the Big 12. Something interesting happened over the weekend that caught our attention that we're going to talk about. Yeah. That's actually, it actually might be bigger than it even seems. Right. Because of the direction that we're going. Yep, absolutely. We'll talk about that. Hey, and joining the Big 12, it's not just big um, for the athletes. It's also big for the alumni, right? People are talking about it all over. We've got Michael Johnson, the director of alumni relations. Or Johansson, his twin oh, brother. Sorry, Johansson. <laughs> hey, Johansson, Johnson. And I know I know Michael. And he just, just come in. Hey, Michael. <laughs> so, um, director of alumni relations. Um, he's going to join us in just a couple minutes. He's in the green room right now. Yeah. Is, is that carpet green? If you, with the right imagination, it well, can be any color. You guys color can tell me anything because I'm colorblind. Yeah, so you can it's tell green. me that's the, it's as green as you can, can tell be. me that's the green yeah. green room. So Michael's in the green room. <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll ask him his top five picks for most influential alumni. How about that? There's, I, there's I, a lot of them. I have. Hey, one of our alumni is being honored here later this month. I'll tell you about that. And we're going to take ourselves out of the mix, so yeah. that frees up two yeah, spots. Yeah, because that. Yeah, we we, we don't want to hog all of <laughs> no. this. So so the top five most interesting alumni, in his opinion. Yeah. As the guy in charge of all of them. Right. Uh, so that's coming up here in a couple minutes. The basketball team added three guys from the transfer portal. We're going to break them down and discuss how they make the Cougars better prepared for the Big 12. Yep. Some good ones. Some good ones. So, um, and, and a few headlines. Um, football. Let's start with football. Let's always start with football. Do we always start with football? We so, have to. Sometimes in basketball season, we start with basketball. But portal shopping continues. Um, as BYU looks to add depth ahead of his first year as a P5 and member of the Big 12. Um, once BYU gets through those first two home games against Sam Houston and Southern Utah, we talked about Sam Houston going to have the logo on the field for yeah. that game. They'll face 10 straight P5 opponents for the first time in history. They've played seven, right? Isn't seven the max that they've played? But not back-to-back-to-back to back to back um, like this. So so what are they still looking for yeah. in the transfer portal? Because there's still work being done. Transfer portal closed for you to put your name into it so you can't add to it now but if you're in it but if you're in the portal you can be actively recruited so what right do now. they want what is it still uh added linebacker help they they bring in darius lassiter they get cody epps back uh, as we broke on the show last week right. which was kind of crazy but um but they're still shopping for receivers too yeah i i think they have each position group has a certain number of scholarships that they that they kind of have in their pocket. And we know that they have a couple of wide receiver scholarships still that they can use. So they're still looking, what they're looking for is, is there another receiver out there that can be a game breaking speed down the field, defensive stretcher kind of guy. Um, Somebody with that really big top end speed. You think about it, both Gunner and Puka last season had the ability to just run by people and spread that defense out, which when you have those kinds of guys, especially if you have two of them, yeah, then, then all of a sudden the safeties have to kind of turn and run quicker, and that creates so much more space for the quarterback to operate in that intermediate, and that's where this offense thrives is 
It should be where the tight ends come in across the middle, where outside receivers are breaking inside back into the middle of the field, where those speed guys have stretched the defense out. And uh, and so when you lose those two to graduation, um, you've you got to have somebody to replace them. And, and they have like... Keanu Hill's back, right? And Epps is back. And they got and, they got size. They got Hill at 6'4", Roberts at 6'4", Lasseter at 6'3". And, and they and all Epps run really well, right? Really well. Yeah. Especially those big guys. For as big as they are, they run really well. But they're not that 10-3, right? where the safety goes, okay, where's that blazingly fast guy? I need to make sure I remember where he is. Because if he goes vertical... My job is to get on top of him. I've got to be aware of him, and i got to get in my backpedal and get out of here and get on top of him. And and so those guys are phenomenal. They're even better when there's somebody like that on the opposite side of the field to stretch the defense. And so I think BYU is still looking for that. Epps is very fast, very quick, but not not that kind of no. you know, that we're He's talking about. He's catching it 10 yards downfield He's and making go, people miss. Right? He's got tremendous quickness, right? Yeah. They, they do have a couple of guys in the – like Parker Kingston – He's a world-class sprinter, world-class sprinter, young. Hopefully he can you know, help out with that. Dom Henry's a, a fast guy, another youngin that's out there. Kingston's probably the, the closest because he's a sub-10, 500-meter guy. Like, he's a world-class sprinter, and so he could do that. He's not very big, though. He's like 5'9-ish, 5'10", yeah. maybe. I think probably closer to 5'9". Be really nice to go find one six feet or taller. That could run with that kind of speed. Now, I don't know if they're out there, and they're not just going to give away a scholarship because they have one, it would have to be the right fit. And and we should note that grad transfers, they can get in the portal whenever they want. And so it's always open to right. a grad student. So maybe there's a senior with one year of eligibility to play that's like, hey, I'm, I'm fast enough, I'm big enough, and, and maybe uh, Keaton Slovis would throw to me. Yeah, yeah, and I love that offense, and I love that it's in the Big 12. I mean, I, and there's other positions. You can never have too many good defensive linemen. Right. Yeah. Um, if, if there was another really, really high level offensive lineman, I th- they'd they'd think about that. But they're right? really they're really they're really good in those two spots, right? right. I, I think where where they could use some depth is at safety. And so if if all of a sudden there was a safety or a big corner that that they thought might be able to play safety, or they might be able to take one of their current big corners and move them to safety, if this person could come in and play corner. And are we supposed to talk about potential guys or not on the show? I don't know. I, you, I think you, we can say whatever Utah we want. Utah State has a corner that just got in the That's portal. That's in the portal. We can talk about guys yeah. in the portal. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so Utah State's, um, you know. And BYU's offered him. That was, that's been right. all over the news. So, so AJ, Johnny Carter, who's the starter there, yeah. um, has, is, is in the portal right now. So it's up to him. And, he, right? and he's like six feet and 195 pounds. So he's a fairly decent size corner. Is he the kind of guy that could come in and, and either play corner and allow – one of BYU's guys, Maury Bombar, one of the big guys to go play safety, or could he come in and move, move to safety? He's very skilled as a defensive back. So that kind of guy, yeah, you'd add him. If he if he decided to come here, they'd be thrilled, right? He, he'd be a really nice addition. So they're not in bad shape there, but I really feel like they could use some depth. And they're just waiting, yeah. waiting for him to sign. And, got, and Malik Moore's back after his injury, so that's nice. And you got Micah Harper back. and yeah. you. But they've moved some guys that were playing safety up, like Chaz Ayu's playing linebacker. Right. You know, so um, I think safety is a position, defensive back is a position where they're always looking for talent. We'll keep an eye on that as the shopping continues. It's like the holidays 24 7. Stacked at running back, stacked at quarterback, stacked at tight end, stacked on the offensive line, really deep on the D line. People don't 
don't understand how deep they are now on the D line with a couple of the transfers, Cravens and yeah. Bagna coming in, but they're they're deep on the D line as well. They're actually pretty deep at linebacker too now. So with with the addition of another Utah State, another AJ yeah. from Utah State, right? You know, and the the position that people um, that that no one's really talking about with a great deal of confidence is the kicker spot. Yeah, and, there, and there's and a, there's the, a transfer from Boise State. That's competing for that starting kicker yeah. job as well. Is that so. Farron? Yeah. The Farron kid. Uh, and so Oldroyd's gone. Uh, he's done. And um, Justin Smith's there. But uh, even through camp, it was kind of like, okay, P- is going to work out? Punter's on lockdown yeah. with, with Rico, an NFL guy. But kick, kicker's still up in the air. So we'll see what happens these coming days. And we'll keep you posted here on the Wise Guys. Did you see the uh, football announcement? during NBC's coverage of the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. It just kind of snuck in there, but it was pretty significant. During the broadcast, the network announced that they will kick off its Big Ten primetime broadcast on Saturday, September 2nd, with West Virginia at Penn State at 7.30 Eastern time. Now it's like, well, why do we care about that? It was interesting to me because this is the first sign of this giant shift in television partners. As ESPN starts its deal with the Big Ten to start doing primetime games that don't include Notre Dame. Right. And then we know what's coming next. The SEC is moving all to ESPN. Mm-hmm. CBS is getting the Big Ten. I don't know where ACC is floating around there. Um, Fox, Big 12, and ESPN with the Big 12. No one has any idea what the Pac-12 is doing. But, uh, Pac-12 is on Apple TV but here was, and something yeah. else. I don't know what they're doing. But I, you know, as, as guys who are in, in the business of it, uh, I, I just thought, I go, oh my gosh, yeah, that, that's that, a Saturday that's night huge. game on NBC. And you know what? This is, this is a sign maybe of, you talk about, I think shift is a good word for it. Because remember, NBC in recent years, in the last decade or so, has been in the business of getting out of college athletics. NBC used to be a huge part of college athletics. I worked for them for more than a decade. In college football, they had the rights to the Colonial Athletic Association, the CAA. They had the Ivy League. Um, In basketball, they did the Atlantic 10, the Big East. They had the Mountain West football and basketball for years. Um, And as those contracts came up, they're like, no, CBS Sports can have it. No, ESPN can have it. We're not bidding that much for that. We're out of that. To where they got to the point where the only two properties that NBC really had in college was the Atlantic 10 basketball packet and Notre Dame football. Yeah. And everything they were focusing on NASCAR, National Football League, hockey, professional hockey, NHL. Um, they were getting Olympics away. Olympics has yeah. always been Olympics, their top But dog. they were completely getting And all of a sudden, with this shift in what's going on, back in college football, and not only back in college football, back is, and- is a... Title as a major network, player, major player with the Big Ten. So now they have college football primetime on Saturday night and right. NFL football primetime on Sunday night. Yes, they're paying a fortune for it, but that was the first time that anyone's announced a start time, and and I thought, yeah, okay, NBC's yeah. back in and the I'm game. I'm assuming they still have their package with Notre Dame yeah. thing until mm-hmm. so Notre Dame's a, a afternoon. They right. have the rights to all Notre Dame home games. So now they're going to have a Notre Dame home game on most Saturday, you know, seven Saturdays every fall, and then a, a nighttime prime time 
Big Ten game every week on NBC. It's great for it's the huge. fan because you know yeah. ABC is going to be prime time. Yep. CBS can be prime time. ESPN will be prime time. And, uh, and uh, Fox with with you and, know and Fox. Hey, this this Big Twelve packs for BYU with Fox and ESPN. Those are two giant networks, right? We're still waiting for the start time yep. for the September second opener against Sam Houston. I talked to David Almadova from uh, BYU. He's the assistant athletic director over promotions and marketing he said nope we don't have the time yet but we're in meetings this week to come up with fun stuff to do that's great uh as the ball is rolling some key dates on thursday of this week the nfl schedule is released that's always a cool time i love it because i first thing i look for is all right what's going on on thanksgiving because that's that's yeah. when when we're all together what three games are we going to see and then uh there are so many cougars now in the nfl where Every Sunday, there's a, where's Taysom? Where's Jamal? Where's Tyler? Uh, where's the, where are the Vikings going to play? Right. Where are the Rams and Puka going to play? And, and on and on. Uh, and then you got Fred Warner, who's the best linebacker and we'll, in we'll keep, football. We'll keep you up to date every week on who's playing who. The BYU alum that are out there, we'll keep you posted, especially when they play each other. Yeah. Hey, July 1st, there's a couple of things happening. First and foremost, we've alluded to this. July 1st is when BYU's officially... In the Big 12. They start getting checks. I don't know when they start getting checks. but they're, I hope it's July 2nd. Uh, yeah, 1st first, first of July, they're officially in. But it's also, the July 1st is also Stadium of Fire, which you'll yeah. host again this That's year. That's going to be a huge journey's coming. And Stadium of Fire, to me, is what kicks off football season, even though it's July. Uh, it's because in the stadium. the next big event in the stadium is the football game. Right. And so it's this one. This, is ha- this has to happen for the next thing to happen. And so, you know, it's a thousand degrees and all that stuff. Hey, but there's, there's sometimes the I'm going like, eh, you know, I'll watch the fireworks from outside. If the band that's playing that I'm, I'm not. Yeah, this is like, one you want to be. Journey at. is one. Even my kids and even maybe even my oldest grandkids know Journey songs. Oh, yeah. Like, well, you'll be able to sing along with every single solitary song. It's going to be cool. It'll be a 45,000 person sing along. Yep. And that's uh, that's going to be, cool. be fun. Uh, not long after that, July 12th and 13th is the Big 12 Media Days yep, down in Arlington. in Arlington. And we think that's when the start times will come out. Right. You right. know, at least for the first month. Uh, and the others might be week to week, we're told. Um, and when, when you own everything, you're Fox and ESPN, you don't really have to say three months in advance, uh, that game will be at 7 p.m. Right. You can just wait and see where you want to put it. Yeah, and you do it depending on who's playing well and who will give you the ratings. So. You know, an interesting thing with the NFL, just to back up for a second, uh, this is the first year where, you remember, it used to be Fox would get the NFC games, mm-hmm. CBS would get the AFC games. Now there are no boundaries. Yeah, Every no game's lines. a free agent. Right. So it's great for the networks because, you know, if there's two really good NFC games on at the same time, usually you just get one. Well, now the uh, now Fox can come over and CBS could come over and go, now we'll take that one. And right. I, I they think just that's going to be right? cool. They just yeah. pick in, in order. In the pecking order of uh, whoever's weak it it's is It's not divisional anymore. Yeah. So that's that, going to be good for the viewer. Good for the fans. Speaking of the NFL, July 18th is when NFL rookies report camp starts so guys like uh, hall and nakua like freeland the, these guys all their first rookie camps have their rookie camp starting on july 18th now the ones who got invited to camp uh and they've, they've got their like you're talking like mini a pay, camps like going a on wilgar yeah type of, yeah they get to go to these or do they first have to survive the no, mini so, camps so, so what to happens get is there's a difference between signing a free agent contract um and you heard of some of those, you know, that, that were happening. D'Angelo Mandel with the right. Cowboys. Harris Lachance, right? Yeah, with the Colts. And, and, then, and then the Pey- Peyton Wilgar situation is Peyton Wilgar got invited to 
a rookie mini camp with okay. the Chiefs, right? And what you do is you go in and they bring you in and you go and you compete for that mini camp to try to convince them based on what they see to sign you to a free agent contract and to put you into fall camp, right? If it doesn't work out, if they go, hey, we liked you, but not, you can go to another mini camp. You can go to Seattle Seahawks one the next weekend. You, so that's somehow how guys make it onto the roster. They they go to one of these, uh, you know, short mini camps. Team looks at him, goes, yeah, yeah, this guy. Now that we've had our coaches working with him, yeah, we like him. Let's sign yeah. him to a contract, and you can, so you can earn your way into a contract. That's different than D'Angelo and Harris and some of these guys that that already signed free agent contracts with a little signing bonus. So they get a go to training. They're camp. going to training camp, and then we'll see how long they, they last. Then they could get cut. They're under contract for that. Okay. These these little invited mini camps that doesn't tie you to that team. The hope is you go to one, you perform well enough. At the end of that mini camp, they go, we want to sign you to a contract. I saw a clip today of Aaron Rodgers throwing passes at Jets mini camp yeah. today. And, it's and, see, like, and those are that's those those that's are their awesome. offseason. Why do we love yeah. football so much? Those are the, and those are different too, because those are off season workouts where they bring the players in for a short period. And those are the guys that are already those are the veterans. But the visual. Right. The it's visual pre- was pretty like, cool. Sweet. That's gonna happen. Uh eleven weeks from tonight. AFR returns. Yeah. Kicks off its 10th season on BYU TV. I can't even believe we've been doing that for 10 seasons. 10 seasons. Yeah, yeah. that's nuts. So, and then August 3rd, it's the just around Jets the corner. And the Browns in the NFL Hall of Fame game. So that's the kickoff of the NFL preseason. The Jets, of course, with Zach Wilson. Now, here's the thing. There's no reason to think he won't play. Yeah, he'll probably play a bunch because now there's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Like, yeah. and, and last year, we would say, well, he's probably going to play quite a bit because he's he's young and new, and they want to see. But he's not going to play that much. This, he could play this whole game. And then, of course, Sione Takitaki's with the Browns, and so it'll be Zach against Sione in that NFL, NFL Hall of Fame game. And then September 2nd is what it's all leading to, and that's Sam Houston at BYU in the Big 12 inaugural season opener. Of course, Sam Houston's not a Big 12 team, but it's BYU's Big 12 inaugural season. So so those are key dates. And if you have birthdays and things like that, don't forget Mother's Day this Sunday, but there are other key dates to throw in there. But these are, these are ones that are super important to us. Our guest this week is the Director of Alumni Relations at BYU. Athletic teams, as Blaine mentioned a moment ago, aren't the only ones getting ready for the Big 12. New markets mean new opportunities for BYU alumni all over the country. It's a pleasure to welcome Michael Johansson to the Wise Guys. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Great to be here. Thank you. It's good to have you with us. DJ's going to hit that mic, and we're going to yeah. be set to go. This is uh, there we go. this is not your typical day at the office, this, but this is a typical day in our office. That's no, so a great office. We're glad to have you here. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. Don't tell anybody because only people that come here know where it is. We always call it the undisclosed location. This is for safety it's concerns. For, yes, yes, security. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we don't need a police situation. People, I think people figured out it's in Provo. Yeah, yeah, it has to be kind of right. Yeah, because we're we're right here. At but the that's home. all anybody knows. That, that, at this point. And that's probably a good idea. Yeah. yeah, Michael, let's go back to September fourteenth, two thousand nineteen. USC is taking on BYU at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's super hot. We're down there with our on-the-field booth dying. Uh, while the game's Ugh. taking place on the field, the alumni are up in the stands handing out ice cream to the USC fans. Um, two of those fans were the parents of the Trojan quarterback, Keaton Slovis. So last November, when Slovis follows some advice from John Beck, former Cougar, but his quarterback coach to consider BYU. And he's talking about it with his parents. What do they remember? They remember, as, he's, as he, he said, his dad put it, the cleanest stadium ever, the nicest fans. They brought us ice cream. And then Keaton 
said he remembered how cool it was to play there, how nice everybody was, and the and the atmosphere. Um, and so we're going to talk about ice cream for a few minutes. I think that's great. I can talk about ice cream all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so the alumni can take credit for half of this recruiting story by handing out ice cream to two guys, two, two, a mom and a dad, who have no intention of ever coming back to Provo. Right, right. And, and isn't it beautiful that uh, no one needs to take credit for it, but uh, <laughs> we just do the right thing, right? And if uh, the right thing involves ice cream, I think you win every time. When did you start passing out ice cream to the visiting fans? It was a couple of years before that. We just tested something out. You know, we felt like there were other institutions across the country, colleges and universities, that were doing things in a different way to welcome their guests to campus. And we thought, well, that's pretty neat. Why aren't we doing this? Of all places in the world, why isn't BYU known for its hospitality, its welcoming spirit? We happen to have a creamery. We happen to have a creamery, <laughs> and we are high on sugar. Um, we're, we're a bit more dry than other campuses, and so right. that's what we can go to. And, uh, and the thought was, let's just do some ice cream. And we tested it out for a couple of games, and uh, it's just taken off. You know, Dave and I, we've been fortunate. We've been in stadiums all over the country with BYU, with other games, you know, Dave, Dave called the UNLV Tennessee game at Tennessee, and we've both been in stadiums everywhere. We've noted a few, like when we were at Notre Dame, we thought, man, these people are, are class all around. Nebraska. And the way we're treated. I think Nebraska may have been our fa- favorite. Don't, yeah. And we've been at Wisconsin. We've been to a lot of places. I think Nebraska, if, 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 if we quizzed each other and really were honest, we may say, you know what, Nebraska was the most hospitable fans um, in that phenomenal environment with all of that history um and we walked away from there going man we beat them but what a great experience and what a cool place nebraska is we tell everybody what a cool place and what a cool experience that was how important is it um for alumni relations for guests to leave byu's campus and feel the way dave and i felt when we left nebraska's campus i think it has a couple of uh, great outcomes that we maybe didn't even anticipate when we started doing this on a larger scale and more consistent basis and, and one of those is the way that the fans feel when they leave, absolutely. Um, but one of the unintended consequences that I've seen is that how our own fans feel as they see that that's what we do. Um, so obviously they would like you to give them some free ice cream, but they're on the wrong side of the <laughs> they aisle. Are, they are on the wrong so side. So what of the happens aisle. with that? <laughs> well, we, we say, you know, this is for our guests. This is for our visitors. And then without fail, every single time, I'll get somebody who comes from our fan, from our fan base. They'll come walk through our staging area and say, you know what? That is so cool. It makes me so proud to be a BYU fan. Yeah, it is cool because you don't have to do it. And that's most of the cool things in the world are, are things you didn't have to do that you did anyway. Um, but now you're getting ready for the Big 12. So what's the forecast for ice cream in the Big 12? We've got to get some more ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is we've got a creamy right here on campus that produces some great ones. I'm not going to debate Aggie ice cream versus BYU creamy yeah. ice cream. This is not the place for that. But we do some pretty good, we, we create some pretty good ice cream and we like to share that and, and just make people feel welcome when they come to our place. And here's a question I'm going to throw out and it's for all, because I don't know the answer to this. I just thought of this, but being in the conference now, being in the Big 12, when you're independent, you kind of control how many visitor seats you're going to give up. There's right. no conference rules that dictate that. I imagine by contract, you, if you say, hey, you know, such and such come play us, and it's a big-name program. They may say, well, we need to have so many seats, and you can do that by contract. But does the Big 12 have a, 
a rule that says we have to give the visiting fans a certain number of seats in, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? There is a rule. I don't know what the number is, but I remember when Texas came, we did a home and home with them. Remember, I think they got 5,000 tickets. It was that big storm night. Right. Yeah. That we had uh, to kill like two hours on television with no action on the field. And then when we went back the next year, we were there in, in tech in Austin for right. that rematch. And it seemed like we had a, at least 5,000 seats, right? 5, in a stadium with the seats, a hundred thousand didn't seem like that many, but in 65,000, you know, 5,000, um, isn't, isn't a, a great number, but I think it's something like, it's something like that, but there is a guarantee. Is. Yeah, Cause, that is great. And, and it seems remember, like it will be more, obviously, than what we've had to do these last several years in independence. And so, and remember when TCU came out and said uh, they're not going to allow single ticket sales for their game against BYU because right. they don't want Cougar Nation to come take over because they know we do because we, we have before down there. But BYU did come out and say that we will have an allotment that you know starts with Cougar Club and whatever. Uh, and so a, a team can't just say, hey, none of your fans are coming in. But it's the extra seats that uh, it's like it's like why so many BYU fans somehow get into Rice Eccles Stadium. Right. There was the allotment, and then like five thousand other people got seats some other way. And TCU is saying, "Hey, we're, we're trying to cut that down. We don't lose home field advantage." Yeah, so but they're going to need a lot of ice cream. Yeah, going to need a lot of ice cream this fall, right? But we are we are ramping up for that great uh, partnership with the uh, athletics department and also with the uh, dining services creamery. There's a built-in dilemma, however, because Oklahoma comes on. November 18th, and ice cream may be out of season. Do you switch to hot chocolate for the Oklahoma game? What do you do for that? You know, audience interaction here. Let's pull the uh, (laughs) listeners here. What do you think out there? What are some good ideas? We're searching for the greatest idea that we can have uh, for the late game. Hot chocolates would be a giant pain. It would be uh, rather uncomfortable for some people if we're throwing it uh, like we do ice cream. Yeah, because you can just throw ice cream. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then you, you, you distribute what? You get five minutes after the first quarter to distribute 1,000 cups of ice cream. Yep. Or so about that. Yep. Yeah, how do you do that? Uh, we besides we, chucking it twenty yards, we've got a we've got a great team of volunteers, and uh, we are always welcoming other people who want to come participate. It's an open opportunity for our fans to come and participate. Uh, meeting at the the Portal G at five minutes before the end of the first quarter. Um, any any of your listeners, any big fans, want to come and join us? With they can that. just leave their seats, come down, and distribute the ice cream. Yep, takes about five minutes. Well, well that's it actually cool. takes less that's time really because cool. we just have the break. We only have the break to do that. So the more people that we can put ice cream in their hands and a spoon and uh, just welcome people, they need to be friendly. So that's the qualification. Right? There's that. Um, <laughs> If, if you're friendly, you're qualified for the work. Is yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't hoard for yourself, this is a giveaway. Right, yeah. But what about uh, the reaction that you've gotten? Is because you've been involved in distribution uh, of this ice cream. When you're approaching a visiting fan and you're about to give them something, what's the first thing we do when someone approaches us? We back up, number one, because we don't want to get some sales pitch. And then you give them free ice cream. You know, it's just the shock and awe. And that's, that's my favorite part. Personally, that's my favorite part is that we're doing something that was unexpected. And, uh, and that's just so fun to do when you get to brighten someone's life and you get to bring a little bit of sunshine into their life. And that's the reason why we do it at the end of the first quarter, because usually at that point, there's not a it's, lot of... It's still a game. It's yeah. still a game. Yeah. And there's not a lot of uh, a super high level competition um, or, or, I guess, bad feelings that might have evolved during the game. Um, so. And what does everyone like? What, what's the favorite flavor of the f- visiting fan? 
Well, they, we don't give them any options because it's free. So uh, we'll, we'll have a... You can't a, be choosy when it's no, free. No, you right? just take it. So uh, Grand Canyon is always a favorite We get uh, because we love to promote that. Grand um, Canyon. And, and uh, Cookies and Cream is a great one. Yeah, nobody can... How can you turn down Cookies and Cream? Yeah, so you, we have... You, you know, can. the Creamery has some unique flavors that we don't go with um, yeah. just because we want it to if be... If you hand out the sataki, whatever that is, then, then they might not eat yeah, it as much throw it on the field. Oh, yeah. it's from the so, coach. So... Well, hey, Michael uh, Johansson, the Director of Alumni Relations at BYU, our guest here on Wise Guys on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, YSGuys.com. We've talked about this, this change that's taking place with the Big 12. Does this provide an opportunity um, going into the new conference to, to connect the alumni across the country better? Is this, a, is this a big deal for the Alumni Association? It's a really big deal for our alumni all around the world especially for those who are in these communities where we'll be going to more regularly. And that's a big deal uh, because for many, many years, as you know, we've been independent and going to having these great events, but they're kind of one-offs, right? Um, and those are awesome for a lot of people. Uh, now we get the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into these communities where we'll be going back to as guests. Um, and uh, we anticipate looking at the names here on the wall that we'll be, we'll be welcomed in a, in a wonderful way. Yeah, we, we don't have Oklahoma and Texas. We up left there them off because they're leaving. But <laughs> we, we maybe we should put them up there just in the short. We're term, waiting right? to put up uh, Arizona and Colorado. Yeah, we're holding off on that too. Maybe San Diego State and Gonzaga. We don't know. <laughs> okay. We don't know. Um, one thing that's interesting too is the way you're structured, and I know this from Las Vegas because Las Vegas has a huge alumni chapter. And they have a golf tournament and some events where they raise money, and then they provide scholarships for Las Vegans attending BYU, which is a fascinating concept. Uh, but that's going on all over the country. And so even in these new markets, Kansas, uh, West Virginia, uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, these areas, you already have boots on the ground, so to speak. We do. We do. And, and the magic of BYU is our chapters. Our alumni influence around the world is the, the chapter structure that we have. And it's been built over years and years by dedicated people who give of their time and their talent and and uh, often of their treasure as well. But it's, it's where the magic happens. Um, as you know, a lot of people will say, wow, you guys travel well when we go to different events. And They say it all the time. We have to tap them on the shoulder and say, oh, no, we're, we're your neighbors. We're actually there. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't travel. We're there, right? Which and, is unique. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. You mentioned the, the way that the chapters are organized. Um, we have a, a, a replenishment grant program for our students that um, – we, the chapters raise money, they do events, and they'll, they'll collect funds. And those funds don't come to the university. They go to the students from that place who are coming to a BYU school. And, and that just makes it awesome. I mean, the word is localization, and yeah. there's power in localization. So how, how many chapters in the country right now? We have about 85 active chapters wow. around the country. Um, those are regional chapters. We have an additional 30-ish uh, that are um, affinity-based. And so, you know, 120 or so wow. chapters that we're running all the time. This fall, BYU is going to play at Arkansas, at Kansas, at TCU, at Texas, at West Virginia, and at Oklahoma State. So you have six chances to make first impressions, so to speak. Uh, how will you do that? Where will you start? Is it, is it a service project? Is it a what? Well, we've... we've Formalize this program called Coog's Care, a little, making it a little bit bigger of a deal um, where we want to make a difference where we're going um, and not just win a football game, but also leave a lasting impact. And especially 
since we're going to be going back to these places. Yeah. Um, service is on the name is the name of the game. If if you enter campus and uh, most of your listeners know of the, the sign when they enter into the campus that says enter to learn, which is great, and go forth to serve. And that's our job as an alumni group, as a, as alumni of BYU. Our job is to go forth and serve. And we take that very seriously. And uh, that's why we do these projects. Um, that's why we've done a couple of them. We've talked about, uh, you've talked about it on the show here several times with our local chapter leaders. Yeah. Done over the last we, couple every of years. T- and we're going to keep doing that. Yep. Every time, every, 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 every time there's a game on the road, we're going to get with that alumni chapter president and talk about what the project is and yep. how can people get involved. We feel like it's an important important thing that, that BYU does on the road, and we want to make sure that people are aware of the opportunity to participate in that. So we'll continue to do that. For and this, sure. this year is the first year, well, last year was the first year that we did a project of, of any type of organization um, at every single game. Mm. And this year, we're going to do the same thing. Let's talk about uh, some of the marks that BYU fans have left on these communities where the football teams come into play. Um, and we anticipate it continuing. You go back to 2019, Cougars in Tennessee, right? Uh, coat drive for Nashville. Um, that that impact lasted much longer than the outcome of the game. Tennessee fans want to forget the game, yeah. but the the what impact did it leave? It was phenomenal. I mean, if you're familiar with that stadium and the number of people that you can fit into that place, it's phenomenal. It's remarkable. And as we left, uh, I was there. Um, we had about 6,000 people show up for the pregame event uh, where there was a coat drive, and as you mentioned, and they continue to talk about it. Um, and that's not the reason why we do it, but that's awesome that we talk about it because we hope that inspires people to do more. And sometimes it gets news coverage. Sometimes They'll it gets news coverage. They'll do stories like, what, what are these cougars doing? Yeah, and in and, and 2020, we remember, because that was the COVID year, and so the fans couldn't show up in the stadium and make a big deal, but up in Boise... Um, the, the alumni stage, a food drive in, in Boise, which got some news, you know, news coverage. Yeah. And, and so how so, did that work? Local chapters. It's the magic, the magic of the local chapters. They want to do something. They couldn't go to the game. So they still said, well, we're going to show up. We want to show that we're here. And uh, they showed up with some food. So they drove to the stadium that they couldn't get into, dropped out some food and then went home and watched the game. That is correct. That's pretty cool. That is that is pretty cool. Let's go to 2021. Diapers for Georgia Southern. Tell us about that. You know, if if you've been to that little place over there, uh, it's just it's this wonderful community there. Georgia Southern's wonderful university, and uh, they welcomed us uh, well. There were some other things that happened that weren't as welcoming, but um, we had a couple thousand folks show up, uh, and they brought uh, in the news clip. I love this news clip. The guy who talks, he's from the local food bank, and he said. In his wonderful drawl, and I don't know if you can run the clip or not, but in in, in his southern drawl, right? Yeah, and uh, and he said, "I've never seen people show up to a tailgate with diapers," <laughs> and and that was one of this catch, the catchphrase that we just kept on hearing over and over again, and and that was just a local connection from our chapter leadership, their alumni leadership there in the in that region, and uh, they knew a need. They asked around and they said we'd like to make a difference here and they said well this is what it would do and um, we coordinated with the local church uh, as well and uh, had some food a big trailer drop there as well and just those those things that we can do when we get our people together and start asking questions of what again is the local need 
that we can address with the people who are there and the people who are coming around for this activity. And, and the team's never going to play there again, ever. Um, but the impact of BYU coming to town will live on for a long time. For a long time. Yep. Yeah, that, that same year, so 2021, BYU played in the Independence Bowl against UAB. We'll fr- try to forget the game. Yeah, they're rainy. Rainy mess. Rainy miserable. But Algier game. did set the record. Yeah, he did. That, that he did. game. That was about but, all. But uh, of course, the Independence Bowl is in Shreveport, Louisiana, and and you guys had a project called Socks for Shreveport. Tell us about that. You know, that was another just a great example of asking uh, the local folks or local fans, "Hey, what's what's going on? What are the hot points in your community? What are you trying to do?" Because people they leave BYU with a desire to serve because it's on the sign. It's built into our DNA. And so they're already serving. And so we just said, okay, what's going on? And I remember we had like five days to put this thing together because of how late the announcement was of where the game was going to be and when it was going right. to be. And it was Monday evening before the game, and we were on a call with some local church leaders there. Bishop uh, was there, and I said, hey, what can we do? And he said, well, I'm working with this organization, and we're doing a sock drive, and we would like to – we have a goal – to meet their annual goal for socks because um, for the homeless shelter, foot health was a big deal. Yeah. And, and I said, well, what's your goal? And he said, well, it was going to be this. And I said, oh, we'll take care of that. And we put together pretty easily a campaign in four days and said, hey, bring a pair of socks to the tailgate activity right before the game. And uh, we met their goal in one day. That's awesome. Wow. That is cool. And, and how... Uh how was it received by the non-BYU fans? You know, that game was was pretty unique. Uh, we, we opened it up to the UAB and the other, the, the local community there. Yeah. And we had, I don't know, we had the best place for a tailgate um, location. We had better, we had a better location than they did. Um, and so they ended up being in our space. It was covered, you know, it was rainy and yeah. it was really not a great day, but we were covered. And so we had a lot of people coming in and they brought their socks too. That's great. Two teams working together. Um, I, I like the um, the the literacy program that you guys have been involved in, and it sounds like this literacy program is going to carry over. Started at the BYU Liberty game in 2022 uh, called Literacy and Liber- Liberty, and this is a program you're going to carry over to Kansas and West Virginia this season, right? Um, what a cool program to, to help help uh, kids read, right? That's correct. And, and it's a partnership. Uh, in Liberty, we tested that out with the organizing with the local literacy group with the United Way, um, but also with Liberty University, the other institution. So our School of Education is a very active. They just launched their um, Educator Society chapter within the Alumni Association. It's very active across the country, and they are expanding that through this partnership, and not only with the local efforts of, of literacy, but also with the universities who are teaching this in their classrooms. And so that's, that's been a unique wrinkle with this literacy effort. And we're going to practice, we're going to play this out uh, through a couple of experiences this year. So what are you asking um, your reps and alumni in these areas where we're coming this fall? And as we sit in the middle of May, uh, what, what did you say? Hey, start thinking, what are we going to do? What do you want to do? What is, what's needed in the area? Morgantown, where the Cougars are coming in. Uh, and so whoever the rep is close to Morgantown, uh, you say, hey, let's, let's get some ideas going. Again, localization. You know, what is, what is going to make a difference for you? What are you already working on? You know, I talk about the 
slapping a 60 on it, there's a long story behind that. But incorporating into the things that are already happening, there's so many great things happening. And our local chapter leaders are amazing. They're incredible. They put they put so much effort into their service in their community, the service in, in the church and building other families and building their own families. And so what we want them to be able to do is the things that they're already doing, but just more, bigger, better, and 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 more, and, and, a, sh- and a, show up. A little more muscle. Like we're thinking when Kansas is the Big 12 opener, right, in Lawrence, uh, and, and so I'm curious, uh, do you kind of have an idea already of what of what uh, the Alumni Association is going to roll out there? Um, we're working on all the details. Uh, I'm not prepared to announce all of the different yeah. uh, pieces with each of the places. But, all but, of, all but enough the, to leave a, a punch? Yeah, there's there's something working. Um, all of the areas, including, including Lawrence, Kansas, uh, have got their ideas flowing. Um, they're putting together their proposals, how many people they're going to need. We're always going to need more people. Yeah, uh, More people showing up to help out and just to show that support. Um, and then to see the support as well. That's that's the beautiful thing about these gatherings is to be part of that family that we all are. And the church is interlinked. Uh, and, and, and the church is what stays behind, right? The football team leaves and and this, uh, this BYU goodwill blast for a weekend um, uh, translates uh, directly to the, the church, which is the sponsor of the, of the school. And, and, and so the big 12 and BYU's involvement there from the alumni perspective is so much better, bigger than six road football games. Isn't it? It, it sure is. And isn't it great that we have this, uh, this organization of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that, that does stay and that, does amazing things in their communities through the families and the leaders and the individuals who came and had a unique experience at Brigham Young University and are now building the kingdom of God in their communities. Um, it's incredible. And to be a part of that, even just a small part in helping create a service opportunity for somebody to dig in deep and, and to extend that experience from BYU is, is phenomenal. It's, it's just such a great presence all across the country. Well, we're pleased to have Michael Johansson with us, the Director of Alumni Relations for BYU. And it, it is amazing to me that you guys are already, I guess everything, David Almodova's getting ready for what's got to go on in the stadium. Like everybody's getting ready for, for the Big 12, and, and you guys I, I are know no exception. Today, I know today Almodova's group's meeting with the fire dancers. Yeah. This they're, is they're how far out, out the plan is. They're figuring out what they're doing. How for do we the, get more you know, fire in the yeah, stadium? Yeah, you got to get more fire. So <laughs> um, I'm curious, how many alumni, you mentioned 85 chapters, how many alumni in the United States right now? Do you have a number for that? Because we know there were 6,000 graduates graduates this just this just last week, them. right? So there's now 6,000 more alumni. Um, how many of those did you get, and, and what's the total now? Well, I always, usually when I'm talking about this, I'll ask if anybody has any idea, but I won't ask that um, unless you guys want to guess. I think, I think half a million. I'm thinking a half a million is pretty close. Well, and if you can see the paper that's sitting yeah, in front of me. Yeah, it's, it's too close sorry. to me. I can sorry. see it. It is just over a half a million. You, have, well you can see the cheat sheet. I could not see that. I see I, it. I, that's why I didn't answer. It wouldn't have been fair. <laughs> but I will say that that 509,258 is all alumni of, from all time. And so that includes those who have uh, passed on. Okay. Uh, but we do believe in alumni relations on both sides of the veil. Yes, there you, <laughs> you go. have to. <laughs> if only ice cream could be on both sides. Um what uh, I know you've come today because uh, we asked you prepared to reveal your top yes. five. Oh, that was a tough ask. Most influential alumni in the world today. 
And if you have some honorable mentions, but like, I don't know that we can hold you to five, but it, if you have five, this is great, but. Yeah, well, luckily, uh, again, I heard sitting in the green room uh, or the blue room that uh, you excused yourselves from that. So yeah, we did oh, okay. excuse ourselves. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blaine and I are, are proud BYU alums as uh, we're right there with the, with the half a million plus others. But, uh, but there, are, there are people making a giant difference in different parts of the world that, uh, that hail from BYU. And some are obvious and some maybe not so obvious. So we thought, hey, why don't you give us, give us your personal top five? You're well, in charge of them all. Well, yeah, this is going to get me in trouble here. Um, but we'll call the, it a soft five. It's a soft five. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, you know, I, the uh, Ken Jennings is one of my favorites. Ah, okay. There no, we go. Our, our, our Jeopardy champion. Why? And, and he's hosting that sometime he's, now, right? He's now hosting this uh, and just a phenomenal individual. It's a great mind. Um, good soul has done some great things and is just a good representative of the university. And, okay. um, and just, the, I would not have thought Ken Jennings. I don't see, know people why. Forget, we have, you know what? I think Ken's going to have to come on the show. I have to get Ken on the show. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Ken Jennings. And, and knowing this show, you know, I, I, I came up with a couple of sports. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll put Steve Young in there. Uh, okay. Yeah, you Steve have is to. just a class act, um, has done some phenomenal things as again, well represented great representative of the of the university and it's not just because he's on espn or he won super bowls but his foundation and the things that he's been involved with away from the game um and i i would think that uh uh and blaine you could you can agree with me or not but i would think that steve is probably the most out there available right guy that's 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 everywhere super bowls and this and and again espn and all that they're doing but but um, he's just found a way to to be everywhere, and and, and to be kind of cool about the whole thing. Super nice guy, and and you never you never hear anyone say, "Well, I ran into Steve Young, and he was blah blah blah." And you know, he's just, I ran into Steve Young, he was awesome. That's usually what you hear. Yeah, um, yeah Steve's going to be honored later later this month um, by the BYU Management Society as distinguished Utah Person of the Year. Um, and you know, he, he lives, they, they have a house here, Stephen Barr, but they also, they live most of the time in Palo Alto, but, but Steve's involved in so many businesses. He's funded multiple businesses here and startups and that. So, so, uh, they have a big banquet for him up at the, uh, be great. up at the, um, little America later this month. And, uh, yeah, Brendan and I are going to go up and join him up there, but, um, that's just the latest for Steve. So you, the BYU management society is honoring him, but that's, you know, we see him every week during football season on ESPN covering National Football League. He's a Hall of Famer. He's done so much good um, for BYU with his presence out there. So Ken Jennings and Steve Young. Yeah. All right, who's next? You know, I'm a big, and again, personal. You asked for personal. Right, um, right. right yeah. Charlene Wells-Hawks. Okay. Miss America. So Charlene, when we were back as youngins, um, she was the Relief Society president in Brenda's ward in, in uh, the dorms. So that's the first time I met. Oh, yeah. And then she just went by Charlie. So it was Charlie Wells. And then she had to be a little more formal. And then it was Charlene Wells when she was Miss BYU and Miss Utah and Miss America and Charlene Hawks when she married Bob. But, yeah, I remember as the Relief Society president <laughs> and Helaman Halls. Wow. So we have a Super yeah. Bowl champion, a super smart guy, and Miss America. There you go. There's three. There All go. right, keep going. Um, and, and, and we can be as brief as you guys need to be on this. And I know that, that 
that uh, you know entering into politics is is always a dangerous thing. But we have twenty six um, alums who have served as senators. And, oh and, wow! And uh, I didn't so realize we had that many. Twenty six. Pretty, huh? pretty significant in the political arena for BYU. Two right now. Right, with Mike Lee and Mitt Romney mm-hmm. from the state of Utah, BYU grads. So we'll just put those two both out there. Um, again, because they're, they're, they are current U.S. senators. At 26 senators, wow. So, hey, we only have two in the state of Utah, and there's multiple universities here. It's not a coincidence that two, and, of, the two Ma- are BYU grads. And Mike Lee's dad was president of BYU. Rex Lee, yeah. who was one of the great ones. And, and was Rex the no solicitor general? Was, wasn't fan. Rex the solicitor general of the United States, too? I believe he yeah, was. Before. Yeah. No bigger football fan. And President Holland loves BYU, but I think even Rex Lee took it to the next level. But those two. Yes. Those two were well, awesome. Okay, so number one. Or at least the the oh, finishing I, of the oh, he's five. Got more, he's got more. I I oh, okay, keep down. going, keep going. <laughs> no, I, just in case you needed more. Okay. Um, no, I, I I like it. I I can like see his list. Doing. His last one's big time. We never think of this. Yeah. All right, keep going. Should Should I mention that one now? I, yeah. I, I, I have to mention Stephanie Meyer from Twilight. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I have four daughters, and uh, this is you know can't not mention that. I'm not. A, voracious reader of the twilight series i haven't seen them but you but but millions have yes millions have i would you know what i've I read have it, of that i've read the books and seen the shows right that's amazing okay all right keep going um tv philo farnsworth philo t farnsworth we wouldn't be that's uh, the, that's the last one on his list that I, I can see i can see who's written i'm like wow we never even think about you and I don't have a job without him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How would the world communicate without uh, a BYU grad in Philo T. Farnsworth? Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. He's he, he's impacted a lot of people's lives. That's a pretty good sure. list for sure. And there are yeah. a lot more. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot more. The uh, Philo T. Farnsworth, Charlene Wells, Charlene Wells Hawks, Steve Young, Ken Jennings, uh, Stephanie. Stephanie Myers. Myers, I remember. Yeah. Left the S off there from Twilight. Man, that's a good group. Yeah, it's a great group. So you get a call and boss them all around. Say, hey, here's what I want you to do. They I'm usually the don't like to hear from me, You're the director of their association. I mean, we're all alums. Say, so look, if you want tickets, here's what I need you to do. I need you to show up at this uh, thing. They're, they're and, and I know that you um, uh, had to ponder uh, to come up with this list. There's probably a hundred more that, that you could have mentioned just off the top of your head. But it's a unique group this BYU alumni it is and it's so large and that's the power of this family the BYU um, and, and we can't not mention our other institutions that are part of this family as well our campuses that, that produce graduates in Rexburg and La Ie mm-hmm. and uh, in Salt Lake City that that are producing amazing graduates that are making a big difference around the world as well and, and we get to be a part of that but uh, yeah it's it's uh, it's remarkable to be um, involved in this great family of you know four hundred and forty three living alums. Four hundred forty three thousand. That's pretty good. Wow, that's a lot. So, hey, when you think of alumni uh, you serve, you think about your late father. Why? Boy, that's a loaded question. Yeah, that's not an easy one. So that's how we roll here. On you, the you didn't tell me you're going to ask me that. No, question. I know we didn't tell you anything we were going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when I when I had the opportunity to be involved in alumni, this is a, the the personal side of this. Um, my uh, my daughter, um, well, she's a big BOU fan, and we got to go to a fan fest in Laie. We're living in Hawaii, which is where mm-hmm. we raised our family. And and as we 
and as we walked up to the fan fest that I'd worked with, uh, putting together with David Almodova over there, and, and agreed with some persuasion to put BYU flags on the flag circle in front of the campus there mm-hmm. in Laie. And as we walked up, uh, I had been given an opportunity to consider a job here uh, in the alumni group in Provo. And I was um, responsible for advancement in, in Hawaii, and I had a great, great spot. I mean, living in Hawaii, it was pretty Seriously. good. Not too bad, yeah. And, uh, and my daughter, but we felt guided, pretty, pretty significantly guided to, to be looking at this opportunity. And it was presented to us, not something we sought. And uh, my daughter grabbed my arm, and she was going to have to be leaving Kahuku High School, is where she was already an elected student body officer. Oh, yeah. And uh, she said, Dad, if we get to go to Provo, will we be a part of this? And I said, well, yeah, honey, that's, that's part of the deal. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. And she grabbed my arm, and she said, I'm in. Oh, that's nice. Um, and, and, but that comes from, from uh, what my dad was to me um, within the scope of BYU. Um, he was one... Um, he, he graduated in 1976, uh, degree in accounting, and then went to work for a farm operation uh, that was just starting up with uh, a bunch of partners who opened up a bunch of land in Washington and uh, worked that job for 30 years, literally until the day he died, because he was driving to work when, uh, when he crashed his car. And, mm. um, and uh, it, he never got his name in the magazine. I like to think that the only time he got his name in the magazine was when he died. Mm. In the Y magazine yep. for the alumni. And, and that just, that, that always meant something to me. Um, and uh, he was the first graduate in his family. Um, and uh, to go to BYU has always been something deep to me because it helps me connect to my dad, um, who never got allocates say uh, he was never on a field or a court to score a bunch of points um, raised seven kids um, taught him to be good people to follow Jesus Christ and um, and that's a big deal and that's the majority of our alumni family yeah. you know, we talk about these top five or mm-hmm. top seven they're making great things and we need those people all the time we need more of them but the magic is these hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who go through Brigham Young University and have a revolutionary experience in their lives, um, and it makes them want to serve and to want to be better people and better disciples of our Savior. Folks that we'll see in uh, Fayetteville or Little Rock, mm-hmm. wherever that game's going to be, and then Lawrence and throughout the roadmap of the Big 12. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's great. We, we should note that um, you were recruited to play football from Kellen Moore's dad. Kellen Moore's the best quarterback ever to come out of Boise State. His dad's your high school football coach. He wants you to play tight end, but he could not convince you. What happened? Were you in Prosser? Were you growing up in Prosser? I grew up in Prosser. I didn't even realize that. Prosser, Washington. I was just there last week, and uh, yes, uh, Tom Moore did ask me to play tight end for him as a senior in high school because of my size. And was his age. kid the quarterback? No, uh, Kellen's younger than me. Okay. Um, I played tennis. Uh, Tom was also the tennis coach. This is a oh. small town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what, what was it about football where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm playing tennis. I played basketball, basketball. and my mom said, okay, we're going to, you know, we were plain simple folks. And she, uh, my, my parents were investing in me to go to a Pepperdine basketball camp. And they said, okay, we'll send you to this. This is unheard of for a small farming kid to go to this prestigious basketball camp. And she said, we're going to spend a little bit of money to see if we can make it something out of you because you gave up <laughs> piano and we don't know what else you're going to be able to do in life. So maybe basketball is something there. And so I was 
going to Pepperdine basketball camp. And she said, you can either go to Pepperdine basketball camp and play basketball, or you can play football for Tom Moore. Uh, because if you play football, you're going to get broken because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> parents, wow. are so, parents are uh, real. It's good that parents, <laughs> parents are real. Brutally honest right Somebody there. else will tell you, you'll be all American. So, your yeah. dad's like, nope, 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 you won't. Well, well, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, not having grown up in that, um, uh, it probably was true. They were probably wise. So <laughs> I played basketball. Lavello always used to say, people would come to him and say, oh, you know, my... My uh, son hasn't played since he was little, but now he's in ninth grade or 10th grade. Um, is it too late? And Lavello always used to say, no, I actually would prefer that they didn't even play until eighth or ninth grade. So I wish I would have known yeah, that. He, tell, he always would tell them, it's like, if they're an athlete and they've done other things and have the skills, they can learn the game. And they're probably less beat up if they haven't played since they're eight years old. I remember him saying that and thinking, our kids are not going to play till they're older. And then at eight, they're like, Dad, I'm playing football, right? And I'm going, oh. You could have gone with the Ziggy Yonsa approach. Yeah, Ziggy I, didn't even I, play I, till college. All this good information, I wish. <laughs> yeah. You could have interviewed me last yeah. week instead of Johnny for that That's catch. right. It's, it's exactly That's right. Made, so, you'd have been making well, that catch. Well, Kellen, I, I know Kellen pretty well. I know that you know Kellen. Kellen's father-in-law, um, Rob Wilson, played defensive back at BYU. So he's got a BYU connection. He always has had because he's married to a BYU alum's daughter who also attended BYU and so Julie and uh, um, so he's he has ties to BYU Kellen has ties to BYU that people don't even realize so we're going to get him on this show with your help we're going to get him on this show he's he's currently the coordinator for the Chargers um, and uh, you know he was with the Dallas Cowboys for for a number of years Um, yeah his uh, his top tight end at Boise State worked for me for a long time. So we would see Kellen all the time. And I used to broadcast those games. I, I was telling Dave, we'd talk to him. I'd be like, wait, you're dating the Wilson girl. And he'd go, yeah. And i go, you grew up in Prosser. That's like a big time, you know, Church of Jesus, LDS community. He's like, yeah. And I go, do you go to church with her? He goes, yeah. And I said, wait a minute. You go to, you go to the Mormon church? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, when are you going to get baptized? He goes, someday. And then he did. And then he did. Great story. Are you ready for five questions? And then we'll get you out of here. Let's do it. All right. This is a wise guy's tradition. They require no prep. That's why we didn't tell you about it. Yeah. And you just yeah. answered the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. You ready? ready? Favorite sports movie. Remember the Titans. Titans. Ah, see, uh, that's, 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 a that's a very popular one. So your favorite singer or band? You used to play the piano, so I, we know you're a musician now. Favorite singer or band? Well, you've already talked about Journey, um, and I'll just say Journey. I don't know if they're my favorite, but I love Journey. They're great. They I can, they, I can no go with Journey. Yeah, Those Journey's, Journey's awesome. big time. So did you, uh, did you see them when they were here at the Marriott Center and the, on the Frontiers tour? I did not. Brian Adams was a warm-up band. You know, they used to have concerts at the Marriott Center, and that, that's gone away. But that's where I that's where I came to appreciate what, Journey. What year was that, 80? I want to say 84. 80, oh, was it 84? All I know is is that Nancy Whittingham, mother yeah. of Utah coach Kyle Whittingham, we were lamenting that we didn't have any money, and it was it's a shame, that, that, it was a shame yeah. that Journey was in the Marriott Center and we couldn't get in. And she goes... Let me show you guys how you do this. She said, get dressed up a little bit and let's go. She put us in the car. We drove down from Oak Hills and we drove in there. And she said, just get right behind me. Don't make eye contact with anybody and walk right in like you know what you're doing. We said, okay. So the person taking tickets was there. The concert was already going. We walked up. She walked up. Hello. She said, come on. 
And we we all just walked right into the con <laughs> the concert, <laughs> found some seats above concourse, and watched the show. Great. So she taught me a very valuable lesson. If you don't make eye contact and act like you know what you're doing and dress up a little, you can pretty much walk into anything you want to. There's truth to that. So that's how we saw Journey. We all saw Journey for free because Nancy Whittingham showed us how to do it. Awesome. (laughs) Love it. All right, so Journey, number three. Yes, your favorite breakfast cereal. Oh, breakfast cereal. I have to say that it's Wheat Checks. And uh, the story behind that was... There has to be a story. Let's hear it. That's like a farmer Prosser kind of a cereal. Well, that's probably why. I was just in Prosser, and I don't eat breakfast normally. I'm I'm an intermittent faster, and so breakfast is not usually the thing, but I usually have breakfast um, later in the day. Uh, So I was visiting my mom this last week up in Washington, and I opened up the cereal drawer, and there was a box of Wheat Checks. And I thought, this is great. I'm having wheat checks. I don't get this at home very often because I don't eat breakfast. I'm going to have, you know, the traditional legacy wheat checks breakfast. And I had it one morning. The next morning I had it again. And I said, Mom, this is so great. And she's like, yeah, nobody likes it here. And then I looked at the box. It expired in 2019. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, Mom, I just did you a favor. So and I may not survive. Why, why, do I feel, why do I feel like wheat checks can't be good unless you put six tablespoons of sugar on it? Because them? it's the facts. And rice checks are right behind it. Uh so you felt okay though you ate you ate checks with three six? years old. I'm, I'm four days out. So that I'm tells okay. you everything you need to know about checks cereal. Yeah. Right? It'll it'll last a, a lifetime. Yeah, they, they never expire. That's a good thing about. Uh, them. But you know we've uh, we've almost done the show a full year. We've had a myriad of guests, and that's not the, that's one the first person said wheat checks. I might have to so go back and try some wheat checks, but I'm pretty certain it's going to take a lot of processing. I am not going to make that kind of commitment, but I I admire you anyway. Okay, so your favorite BYU moment. Boy, favorite BYU moment. Um, it will be, I got a couple, but I'll just do, mm-hmm. do the one that first came to mind because that's what you yeah, mentioned, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, graduation. A graduation, my uh, undergraduate graduation, bachelor's, bachelor's degree. Uh, shout out to the School of Communications, Public Relations. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to walk. And I told my parents that I, as much, and I said I was working. Um, at BYU, I was always working full time, going to school, and just busy. I had two kids when I graduated from from BYU in 2003. And I didn't want to take the day off of work to go to this celebration that I didn't really necessarily care about. And my, and my parents had told me, my dad was, uh, was uh, what we found out later was dealing with cancer. Um, it was just having a lot of pain and so they weren't able to travel from Washington. And they said, you know, we're not gonna be there but we really think you should do it because it's a big deal. Um, and I said, no, I don't really want to do it. Um, but they finally convinced me to do it um, with my wife and also with my two daughters uh, who were a part of that. I dressed up in caps and gowns. So we did it. I'm doing a, a thing. Nice. Um, and as I walked into the Marriott Center, my parents were there. Really? And they surprised, oh, wow. they surprised me by coming in all the pain that my dad had to face sitting yeah. in that car for 10 hours from Prosser. Um, they came down because it was that important to celebrate and That's to recognize. That's a great BYU moment. That's a great That's awesome. Memory. So, and aren't you glad you said you would? Yep. Because then they'd be there watching everyone else. Yep. Where and you'd he? be at work Where? somewhere on your campus yeah. job. That's yeah, awesome. You, 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 I'm glad you went. Um, we were, Gavin, our youngest son, we were driving by campus in the spring. And he, I said, what's going on on campus today? And he said, it's, I think it's graduation today. I go, aren't you graduating? And he goes, oh, yeah, forgot. 
<laughs> now he had gone right into grad, like he'd gone straight into graduate school right. and into the into the master's in public administration program. So he'd already started graduate school. But I was like, Gavin, that's not okay. Like it's like it's too no. late now. But he just forgot that it was graduation. So we have no pictures of Gavin in his cap and gown graduating from BYU, at least with his undergrad. Well, we just want we want a big graduation. That's our show, right? Yeah, graduation is, is a big deal for us. That's yeah. welcoming officially the new uh, members of our family, even though we've been working with them since before they're even accepted. But this is the the moment when they become... The, cr- the crowning moment. We have all five of our kids are BYU grads. So and most of our in laws, we had a Stanford guy in there, and that's okay. Yeah, Stanford's but, okay. But the others are all. Beautiful. I remember I was in New Jersey on my graduation day and flew. I was on a, a Good Morning America assignment as one of their reporters, and I flew in, got changed, got down to the Harris Fine Arts Center in time for uh, to walk. To walk. Yeah. It was just in my. You pa- gotta do it. Was, it. And my parents were, yeah. You just you just you earned it. I always yes. tell my kids. You, they're all Aggie graduates, uh, and the other two are going to be too. And I said, "We're walking. We're coming up, yep. and we're walking because <laughs> you owe this to your parents. Yeah. We yep. of, of all that we've done and all that we've financed, we get to at least watch you walk from the start of the stage <laughs> to the end of the stage, and somehow it's all to, worth." To it. me, there's two there's two times in parenting where you get huge reward back. The one is when your your child's walking at college graduation. You're like, "Yes, we did this right." Then the other is when they have their first kid or two, and then they say to you one day, just in casual conversation, hey, Dad, do you know all those times when you were telling me this and this and this and this? <laughs> you were right. Yeah. That's the second big payoff. Exactly. Is when they finally have kids and yeah. admit that your whole life you were right. Those are the two, to me, that you look forward to. So, All right, last one. Yeah, last one is the your favorite Big 12 game on the schedule. Oh, on the schedule. Again, right. The first one that comes to mind is West Virginia. Really? Why? Uh, just because the community. I, I haven't been there, yeah. um, but I what I know about um, not just our grads, but the community that they're a part of. Um, our our BYU family is going to show up, and they're going to be friends with all of their neighbors already, and it's just going to be you know similar to what I experienced in in Lynchburg last year. Yeah, that'll be fun. We we did, um, Dave and I did um, pre and post game stuff for the last meeting with West Virginia, but it wasn't on campus. No, it, it was in D.C. It was in D.C. They had it at a neutral site at RFK Stadium, right? And that's where we became friends with Doug Paisley, Brad yeah, Paisley's Brad's dad. dad. Those They're are the big two. West Virginia. Oh, yeah. They'll be yeah. at that game. Maybe, maybe Brad will sing the uh, national anthem or something, but when they came back... Uh, at con- in concert up here in Utah, we took them some BYU shirts, and and Doug, who's a diehard West Virginia fan, will wear his BYU football shirt and drive the tour bus. No way! Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. really cool. So, so we have two friends who went to West Virginia. Yep, and we're I, I don't know we haven't we don't have our schedule down yet of what what games we're going to take the show on the road for, but West Virginia would be a really fun one to be able to do. It's not easy to get to, from what I understand. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not an easy road trip, but. Uh, yeah, but we know that it'd be, it'd be our really guys cool. would be there. They'll be there, yeah. and then yeah. I don't know. We're not allowed in Texas in, in uh, Texas Stadium anymore because <laughs> the last time Dave and I were there, um, somebody got hurdled 
on the Longhorns yeah. team. They might let us in as long as Taysom's <laughs> not with us. If you somebody and got hurt walking in, that's and it's it. a nightmare. And they're like, no, if these two, no, these two no. guys are not allowed in there because we were right there when he hurdled the guy. We were, we like were covering the 10 that yard game. line. Was insane, and and we're not allowed in that stadium any longer. Yeah. The so. quiet, the quiet of a hundred thousand Longhorn fans is something that you can hardly describe. But they were sitting there so quiet yes. the whole game. Was Unbelievable! They, I think it was like forty-one to six or something like that. Final score. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was. was a, it was a whooping. Uh, last thing for you: Where can folks who listen to this show get more information about what you do with the Alumni Association? Yeah. Well, if they're alums, then just watch your email. I'll just say update your information, and we'll feed it to you. Just make sure your your information is updated. You can update that right at alumni.byu.edu. Okay. So if you make sure that your email address and phone number is updated, um, then we'll get information right to you. Um, that would be the best way. And just keep uh, keep um, an eye on on byu.edu the website. If you want to go to that uh, that alumni.byu.edu, we'll have uh, the tailgate section there prominently oh, highlighted throughout the And you got a magazine? And there's a magazine that uh, that goes out to about 320,000 folks or so. But Nice. Um, yep. Make sure that your address is updated, your contact information is updated, so we can stay connected for good. Maybe someday we can get in that magazine. I hope so. Maybe someday. We know somebody, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see if... Well, and, we'll and, hey, we and, and alumni, when, when we are on the road... Um, and uh, whether we're on the road or you're an alum and you're back here in town, make sure you stop by the set on our game day live set and say hi to us. We lo- love to connect, especially when we're on the road. We love connecting with our alumni. And and typically, the, we do something the Friday night before a Saturday game when we're on the road that we get yeah. involved with. And we'll, we'll certainly, we certainly love being part of that. The reason we started this show uh, as, as traveling for years is, is folks would come up and want to talk to us before the game and stuff. And we didn't have time for that. And they're not talking to us because we're great. We're just connected to what they love, which is the football team. And we thought, well, why don't we just pick a night of the week, do a live stream, and open it up and let people ask us questions uh, about what they love in, in regards to BYU sports. And then we started thinking, well, why don't we bring on guests like you and Danny Ainge and everyone at Marie Osmond and anyone else that's connected to BYU and has been able to come on the show in this first year and but the, really, the reason we started it is the, the 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 love the alumni have to stay connected with the love they have for BYU sports. We're just a conduit, but um, that's kind of the brainchild of it, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing it, um, and keep it up. This, uh, we, is, this we, is a great, we, we great love thing. it, and we've had so much fun with it. Thanks for coming. It's good to have well, you here. Thank you. We appreciate thank it. You. Keep doing the great things you're doing. We love it. Okay. Director so. of Alumni Relations, Michael Johansson on the wise guys and as he steps out we want to talk about the big 12 schedule uh and and shifted to this is what we got coming there's a lot of alumni events tied into this thing and there's a lot of really good football games blaine tied into this yeah it's going to be quite a journey yeah and and as we mentioned that that opener sam houston it's such a different season than what we're used to the last 10 years just because byu finally gets to have a couple of warm-up games and get a get a feel um, for who they are, uh, finalize some depth decisions. I mean, it, doesn't it seem like the last 10 years, BYU goes in, they're coming right out of camp, and they're playing a P5 school that's really talented, maybe ranked in a big game, and you know, getting having some injuries, and not really sure of their rotation and who's going to play where and what. And, and then uh, you know, they don't even get a chance to blink. This year, I love the fact that they get a couple of games to figure out who they are, 
before they go on the road to Arkansas. And then the Big 12 opener is at Kansas. Um, hey, I am not going to be surprised if BYU is... Is this crazy to say 5-0 and going into TCU? It might be. It might be a little crazy, but I could see how you can get there. Yeah, they could. I mean, that's. I. I, I think that's a stretch, but. But I. I'm not going to be blown away if they're five and zero going into TCU. Stunned if they were, two and three. Yeah, I, if, they're not, if, if they're, they're not. If they're not three and two going into that game, I'll be surprised. Yeah, actually, I think that's. I think three and two puts them in a spot where they still have the home the, games. Actually, I think four and one is very doable. Yeah. Very doable. Three and two maybe is what we would expect. Right in those first five, and then they had, they really get into the meat of the schedule at TCU, and then Texas Tech come, and then at Texas. I mean, it just look at that, look at that from that point forward. Yeah, this you know, is what at uh, TCU, Texas Tech at home, at Texas, <laughs> at West Virginia, Iowa State at home, Oklahoma at home, and they finish the season at Oklahoma State. Wow, this what is a what we've been waiting for for all these years. What a schedule since, since 1922, and uh, and all of Lavelle's life. Um, this is what we have been uh, gearing up for. Now, as we consider this schedule and the NIL, I wrote a story at Deseret.com last week that I want to talk to you about. Um, it was about my take on Kalani Sataki's strategy to offset all the big spenders with the NIL and how, how can BYU stay competitive in this, in this world. Um, and the gist of it was, here's how he does it. The players trust him. Mm-hmm. And BYU has an open portal to the NFL. Those are the that's two the portal ways. That they're most interested in, yeah, right? That's, 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 that's the portal. Uh, that all this movement you're seeing are, are from guys going, I'm unhappy with my playing time here because it's not getting me to the NFL portal. Right. But BYU has a track record right now, especially the portal's wide open to the NFL. Right. And we often hear players say, you know, I, after meeting with Kalani, I just trust him. I believe him. I believe what he says and it's um, and there's NIL opportunities that are pretty good. Uh, Cody Epps has a really good one. Keaton Slovis has a good one. We know Lauren Gustin has a has a good one. Um, so those are all there. It's not saying come here and play for free. It's it's how can BYU compete with with uh, with with the upper echelon of college football? You got to have a coach they trust, and you got to have access to the NFL. Isn't that Trump everything? It really does, and here and here's the other thing: they're selling, they're selling long term to these these families, really. So to parents, not just to kids, because sometimes an 18 year old doesn't get it right. Right, um, a lot of times. Sometimes a 20 year old that's transferring and in the portal doesn't get it, and and BYU's really starting to figure out how to sell this idea of, hey, you can go. Let, let's let's just throw a number out there. Okay, you got a two hundred thousand dollar deal at Tennessee. Okay, is you know how is that money guaranteed? What happens if you get hurt? What happens if you don't play? Like, like, are you sure you get that? And and that's that's why you're going. Like, what are they what are they doing to help you develop? Um, because here at BYU, where it might not be two hundred thousand, I don't know what it is. It depends. It depends. But but there there is a sum. But the idea is we're going to line you up with corporations and with mentors when you come here that not only are you going to get funds, and you talked about a good deal for Cody Epps, but they're going to mentor you on how to start a company, how to manage a company, how to manage your money. Perhaps you start a company while you're in school, which a couple of BYU basketball players already have done. So, so your NIL deal that you get at BYU is going to keep paying you 
If you, if you do it right and you take this all in and you take advantage of these mentors and you learn how to do all these things that we're offering to mentor you how to do, you're going to have an annuity that pays you for the rest of your life. And it's going to far exceed the one-time deal that whoever gives you gives you because we're not about one time. We're about developing you and taking care of you as an alumni forever. Plus, you might hurt your knee. Right. You know, you can, you can jump ship and... Uh, and in a, a single incident at practice, it's it for you. Yep. And then, and then what are you left with? So, so they're selling, they're selling, listen, remember what Keaton Slovis told us when you and I were talking to Keaton and, and he was like, I came to BYU, um, not because it was the biggest NIL offer because everybody wanted Keaton coming, you know, transferring yeah, from, well, I did. um, it, it was about where do I fit in? Where do I feel most comfortable? And very importantly, Who's going to put me in an offense and develop me and help me to prepare to be an NFL quarterback? And and BYU is where he had felt he had the best opportunity to not only fit in and, and be part of the culture and love the culture, but he could prepare himself best here to play in the National Football League. And that's important. And you know what? You got Taysom Hill, Zach Wilson, and now Jaron Hall. All in the National Football League as quarterbacks. And so... Bam, bam, bam. Caden Slovis comes to BYU. Right. Jamal Williams, Tyler Algier to the NFL, Aiden Robbins to BYU. Thousand-yard rusher at UNLV. He goes, you know what? BYU produces NFL running backs. Brady, I'm in. Brady Christensen, Blake Freeland to the NFL, Caleb Etienne and Kingsley Suamataia to BYU. from right. Oregon and from Oklahoma Oregon. State. Yeah. Right? And then it just keeps going. Michael Davis to the NFL. Eddie Heckard. Right. All-American transfers to yep. BYU. And then you go to linebackers. Yeah, Fred Warner, Kyle Van Noy, Sione Takitaki to the NFL. Um, and, and so if you're and please help me say AJ's last name from Utah State. Is it is it I think v- it's Vong Pachong. Vong Pachong. Something like that. Anyhow. And we're going with AJ as yeah. soon as so we say it. As soon it. as we say it once in a game, <laughs> we'll call him AJ. But but here's AJ up at Utah State and, and he's their leading tackler and he's going, I need to go to a place that there's a pathway. Well, they've got they're not just players in the NFL. Yeah. Every player we just mentioned is a very visible big time player in the National Football League. And Making so, a lot of money. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, that's a pathway for me to the National Football League. Kalani recognizes the the power of that. Yeah. And so his job is to take to create a culture that players want to be in, to provide them with mentors and opportunities for them to become a whole person and to have things beyond football. That's really important. And he can control that part. He can't control the rest, but he can control, trust me. Right. I got we're, your back. We're give you this. And if you have the talent, we will develop you. Yeah. Talented players from here get developed and they play in the national We'll football. stage a giant pro day just for you. Yep. And oh, by the way, you can ask all those guys how it worked out. It yep. doesn't work out for everybody in the NFL. Yep. That doesn't work out for everybody in the NFL at every school. Right. But BYU's got a portal. Yeah, you, you, open. you have to bring some natural gifts with you to make it in the NFL too, right? Absolutely. But, but BYU's got to show that the talented kids get and guess what? They're doing it in a big way in the last several years. Next week, receivers coach Fessy Sataki will join the Wise Guys. Uh, the week after that, Amber and Amari Whiting will be here in studio. Gennaro Guilford will be with us on May 30th. Those all ahead for us in our uh, really our one-year anniversary month, uh, the month of May on the Wise Guys. Let's shift to some things that are going on on campus and men's basketball is is in the forefront season ticket information was just released yesterday right. it's available at byutickets.com including prices 
for the first season in the Big 12. There's a lot of information, so if you want information on that, it's all right there on the website. We, we do a whole show on that, right? Yeah, yeah. The schedule traditionally comes out in September. We thought we might get it earlier just because of the newness. We should know the non-conference slate here pretty quick, but we might not know the Big 12 schedule until here's what, we get here's to what we football can tell you, season. Though. Multiple national title contenders will be coming into the Marriott Center <laughs> every year from this point forward, Yeah, right? Yeah. Because Kansas is always in the hunt. Houston's always in the hunt. Baylor's always in the hunt. Kansas State was in the hunt this last year. I mean, see. Yeah, it, Texas it, Tech is yeah, always there, up there's, there. There's, this is the elite basketball conference in all of, of college basketball. And so, yeah. Tickets are that place is going to be full a bunch. The Marriott Center is going to be full, and it's and it's an investment, right? Because uh, it's not cheap, but it's an investment in the quality of basketball that uh, certainly has been lacking the last twelve years, right? And certainly greater than the Mountain West, which was pretty good when BYU yeah. left it. Yeah, very um, good. Multiple and, they they were getting three and four bids to yeah. the NCAA tournament, but but this is a six and seven bid league. Yeah, that tells you how good and how deep they are. And so. even if you go back to the WAC, the WAC had some years. Yeah. But the whack is not this. No, this is this is like teams that are top ten teams yeah. every year coming so to town. They one, don't they one, don't even get a choice. One, they get a sign two seeds to come in to the town. NCAA tournament. So, hey, you know, we talked. We thought going to the Big Twelve that they might simmer down that preseason schedule in basketball a little bit, so they can you know manufacture some wins by scheduling to give you a not chance. so much. Not with the John Wooden legacy in Las Vegas. BYU is a part of that. The teams have been set now. BYU. North Carolina State, Arizona State, and Vanderbilt. Um, the date is to be a term to, to be determined sometime around Thanksgiving. Yeah. BYU will be playing. They usually that. do that in Anaheim. They moved it to Vegas. Right. It's coming to it's Vegas. Pretty soon, everything. Everything's going to be in Vegas. Vegas. And all pro sports are going to be there, and it's good. Yeah. So a chance to pick up uh, a couple of uh, you know high quality opponents yep. again. Yeah. Um, and and then they'll have some time to recover it's before a, Big Twelve play it's starts. The, the Big Twelve, BYU, ACC. Pac-12, and SEC, yeah. all represented in that tournament. That's so. a good group. Now, here's the, the latest on the additions. Um, and there's going to be some adding and some subtracting still as the portal is still open in basketball. Um, and, and Mark Pope and his staff are still in there mm -hmm. looking around. But uh, right now, there are 13 scholarships for the basketball team. They have 14 players on scholarship yeah. so it's do the math a little bit of a log jam but here come the three new guys quez glover went to samford he comes to byu from samford but he had a couple of years at florida before that averaging 14.7 he's a guard dawson and, and remember, baker remember about like the reason they got him because they wanted a scoring guard yeah. The year before when he was healthy, he wasn't healthy last year. Only played 19 games. He had nagging injuries. The year before, he averages 19.2 points and 4.4 assists. They got to get that. He can score. He Dawson can score. Baker can score. He averaged 15.3. We talked about him last week uh, out of UC Irvine. He's six foot four, kind of a two guard, but he would be uh, the leading scorer on the whole team at 15.3 yeah. from last can, year. He's long and can defend on the perimeter and physical, so that's a nice addition. And then Ali uh, Khalifa. At 6'11", out of Charlotte, boy, they needed a 6'11 guy. Yeah. And, and athletic, and that he's going to really help. I'd like to see him get another big. And you, and you say, well, they already have 14 guys. Well, there's going to have to be some tough conversations. There's, yeah, those are coming. And remember, with NIL, um, you could move somebody into a walk-on spot, and they could still have some financial help, so they're not footing the full bill of school, right? right. It's a little different than the old days. So, so don't fret. 
they can rearrange and figure some things yeah, just, out. Just uh, take the deck yeah, chairs. Because if, if there's a, if there's another 6'10 guy out there that's skilled and talented. Got to get him. You got to get him. Yeah. Right. And and it, I, I think that that's the number one priority right now. Hey, if there's a great, another great wing out there, you go get him too. Like, and you just figure it out. But I, I think big priority is another big on the front line. They're just not that deep yet right now on the front line. And, and then you do what Kalani has said all along, although this would be Mark Pope saying it is the the best five get on the floor. Right. Doesn't matter who played all the minutes last year. It uh, doesn't matter if you're a senior, a junior, a freshman, sophomore. The best players have to be on the floor when you're playing in the best conference. And, and when you're playing in the best conference, and you have to do this in every sport, you recruit talent right over the top of talent. Yeah. You don't go, oh, we have a great quarterback, so we shouldn't go get a great quarterback in this next year's class. No, you just keep recruiting talent. And then you let them battle it out. And that's that's how you have to compete, and that's how you create depth. So they've got to do that. So Let's run down the baseball situation. They're playing the Utes tonight, 19-26 and 26 on the year, 9-12 and 12 in the WCC. Pitching's been a problem all year long. Starting pitching, bullpen pitching. Yeah. It just uh, hurt them, hurt them last weekend. Yeah, and it's if, isn't that what baseball's all about, really? Because you can be great everywhere else on the field. If you don't have not just quality pitching, but quality depth, right? You play so many games. If you don't have quality depth, it's just hard to hold teams down, and that's been BYU's. So tonight, that game's at Smith's Ballpark. Um, and and then uh, Thursday through Saturday, BYU's at Pacific. Take the show on the road. I was talking to Shep this morning. He says he's going on the road to Pacific. They got to sweep those Tigers. L- lovely Stockton. Tigers haven't been very good. That's on BYU Radio. Softball's 31-14, and 10-2 and in the WCC. They're done here at home. They swept Pacific over the weekend. Now, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, they're at St. Mary's. That's their final WCC series. It's the Big 12 after Saturday for BYU. They've got a shot at making the NCAA tournament, but something's got to happen. Yeah, they, so they've, they've got to sweep St. Mary's this weekend. LMU's got to lose two of three um, against San Diego. It, it's possible, but not likely. And the reason is LMU's at 11-1 and one right now. Yeah. And we, you mentioned BYU's at 10-2. and two. But the Cougars are one and two at LMU. They went one and two. So if they tie, like, LMU's got to lose and BYU's got to win. The Cougars got to sweep, right. and, and LMU somehow has to lose twice to San Diego. Two of three. They didn't last year, and I don't think they're going to this yeah. year. And yeah. that it'll come down to, once again, like last year, the BYU-LMU series mm-hmm. decided that the regular season championship, they don't have a tournament, and it's a one-bid league. Right. And BYU got hosed last year with 40-some wins. Right. Uh, and, and so I don't think they're counting on on much. But they are counting on getting Big 12 ready. Right. And that's and, what's And in next. the Big 12, they that's more than a one-team one league. So. Yeah. Women's golf, Alicia May Mateo is in the San Antonio Regional of the NCAA tournament. Started yesterday. She had a good day yesterday. I'm just checking the phone today. Uh, she finished at one over, so she's... She was two over today, one over for the tournament, and now uh, the leader is minus six. So uh, she's tied for seventh with one more round to play. Um, for her to get to the NCAA finals, she's got to finish as the low individual, not on an advancing team, but the first place young lady is from UTSA, and they're, they're they don't have their team there either. Yeah. So it's going to be an uphill battle, but uh, – Hey, there's still 18 holes yep, to decide it. That's, that's right. tomorrow. So, hey, men's golf, um, NCAA regionals, May 15th through the 17th at the Institute Golf Club near San Jose, so over in California. 
14 teams are in the Morgan Hill Regional. The top five advance to the NCAA championship on May 27th through June 1st down in Scottsdale. They got a shot. Yeah, that team's got a yeah, shot. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid, pretty deep, and that's what it takes, right? Track and field. We congratulate Kenneth Rooks for rewriting history in the men's steeplechase. The junior from Walla Walla, Washington, finished in eight seventeen point sixty two. It's the fastest time in the world for twenty twenty three. Second fastest in NCAA history, and he breaks Henry Marsh's nineteen seventy seven record as the fastest all time at BYU. That, by the way, was a record no one was going to break, and now it's been broken. Right. He's also been named National Athlete of the Week by U.S. Track and Field, and now there's some Olympic buzz. Hey, what about the steeplechase in the Olympics? Yeah. That's, um, what, a, what a weekend that's, for that's Kenneth Rooks. amazing. And BYU Track and Field just consent, continues to have not only the team, but individuals in the spotlight. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's one, one of the top programs at BYU. Um, soccer, still waiting on the Big 12 schedule to be made public. Um, Jen Rockwood says it should be out this month. Um, just was talking to Jen. She was so gracious. Helped 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 me with a tour of a, with some some young players, um, and they got a chance to to meet some BYU's players. And good. Uh, J- Jen is just phenomenal, and I love her confidence. We talked again, and they're, they're so ready to be in the Big Twelve and compete. The, the WCC has been a good conference. You know, national title contenders, right. not just BYU, but Santa Clara's also been really really good. But they're ready to go. Cougars are on tour in Europe right now. Um, Coach Rockwood said she would come back on the wise guys as soon as the schedule is released and go through it with us. Soccer and women's volleyball will be the first sports on campus yeah. uh, to compete as a P5 program because they start in August. So there we go. They're first out of the gate. Men's volleyball, the final poll is out. BYU finishes number eight in the AVCA poll, 19-7, and 14-0 at the Smithfield House. And by the way, they were picked to finish second to last in the MPSF. Uh, they had a phenomenal Be- season. Because they were so young, right? Yeah, because they were young. It was a reloading year, and that's what they finished. And uh, we so we congratulate them. And uh, UCLA ended up winning the national title. They won the MPSF. They were better than everybody. Yeah. And then they won the, won the NCAAs. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to another season. Uh, packed at the – now, now B- B- they, BYU should be – and they don't go to the Big 12, obviously, but – BYU should be a national title contender next year. Yeah, And they got this home court winning streak now. Yeah, pretty fun. So we look forward to having those guys back with us as the new season arrives. Let's look at this day in history on May 9th as we get ready to wrap up another week of the Wise Guys. And we sure appreciate uh, you watching and, and looking and watching our snippets and, and, um, and invite you to subscribe for free on YouTube. On this day, May 9th, Let's go. Can we go all the way back to 1502? That's old school. Let's go back. Columbus leaves Spain on his fourth and final trip to the New World. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, but he also sailed it in 1502. What do you think his attitude was? Yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going back to the world I discovered. Let's go do this again. <laughs> so round, This time I'm going to Florida. Round four. <laughs> round four. So 1865 on this day, the Civil War ends. President Andrew Johnson... Proclaims armed resistance in the South is virtually over. Wow, 1865. 1868, Reno, Nevada is founded. They, was it called the biggest little city in the world at that time? I don't know. I don't know. When was it? Were they founded before Vegas? I don't think I don't, so. I don't know. Eight, 1868. Let me tell you about Reno because I spent 20 years in Vegas. So you go up to Reno, and, and this the first time I'd ever been there. We were up for a game a UNLV was playing 
And uh, so I'd never been in the Reno strip or whatever it is. And even the lights are smaller. You know, <laughs> that's one thing I noticed is like, it's just, it really, Reno wants to be Vegas so bad, but it can't. And then, and then Vegas has now since blown oh, it past. Oh, yeah, the, Vegas is. What, what Reno has is a lot of the political clout. Right. Carson um, City's not far from there. Right. And yeah. and all that. But uh, but Reno just and re, and has Reno, such an identity crisis. It has some nice neighborhoods south of town and there up in Reno. But, but uh, yeah, it's not Vegas. But, hey, you know. More power to Reno. Kyle Van Noy came from the Reno yes, area. So we so, got that we got that going. So hey, how about nineteen fourteen? President Woodrow Wilson proclaims Mother's Day as a holiday. That's this Sunday. That's this Sunday. This Sunday. So, you know, that's that's one of the that's the starting point. There's always I, I was thinking the other day, when when did when some of these when did some of these traditions begin? Yeah. And they began on this day back in nineteen fourteen. Uh, in 1980, another tradition began. The Friday the 13th movie was released in U.S. theaters, followed by, I think, 20 other ones. Yeah, Freddy, and it's Freddy Krueger's in all of them, right? Is, is Freddy Krueger in Friday the 13th? I think he's in Nightmare on Elm Street. What, what one's Friday the 13th? Uh, Who's the main character? Is it? Is that him? Yeah. Friday the 13th? See, DJ That's Freddy Krueger? Freddy. DJ Sane is Freddy. So I believe it, because I haven't seen any of those. I don't watch those kind of shows. Oh, Oh, it's Jason. Jason is then. That's right. It's Jason. Freddy Krueger is a nightmare. Alone, so it's Jason. Jason, I thought he was the Halloween guy. Hockey mask guy. You guys are making me. You guys are making me look. look this. Michael Myers. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Michael Myers is the Halloween guy. Jason's the Friday the 13th guy. Thanks, DJ. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Okay. our world changed for the, not for the better. No, on not this for day the better. So now, we're going to go right, right from on this day <laughs> to May 9th birthdays. Okay. How about Mike Wallace? 1918. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of folks around here uh, got to know Mike Wallace as he interviewed President Gordon B. Hinckley. As President Hinckley would go on 60 Minutes from time to time yeah. and just let him ask they, him they whatever he wanted. They became great friends. Yeah. And, hey, 1949, Billy Joel? What's your favorite Billy Joel song? You know, I'm not the biggest Billy Joel fan, but I like Allentown. Oh, that's I like. It's got that good. Like it, they do like the whistle. Yeah, in a, like the trains sh- coming through or something. Sh- yeah. uh, but Uptown Girl is Living pretty good. Here in Allentown. He's got some good ones. What's well, yours? What, Piano Man's a classic. You like Piano Man? Yeah, and we went to a concert in Madison Square Garden not that long ago, Billy Joel. When he comes to Madison Square Garden, it's like he's home, yeah. right? And he would just mix in because it was right at Christmas time like a Christmas song and do what I realized is and I, I knew this a long time ago but to see him again he really is the piano man he is a ridiculous pianist yeah. like he is so good and can just play anything but I, w- I would have to say she's got a way about her or piano man piano man so on this day May 9th born on 1960 uh, Tony Gwynn yeah, Tony from Glenn. the Aztecs, the our great, great friend from San, San Diego, Diego Padre, and and he is the greatest Padre, I think. Yeah, Glenn. for sure. So for sure, our wise guys' inspirational quote of the week is from Rafiki. Yes, uh, star uh, co-star in The Lion King. Yeah, Rafiki, he's like you can always <laughs> the get, mystic uh, monkey. There's a lot of wisdom given by Rafiki in that show that you need to pay attention to, but this one amongst the best. He says, "Oh yes, the past can hurt." I should do it in a Rafiki accent, but I can't do it. Oh, yes, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Great words of wisdom 
from Rafiki. Yeah, and uh, Simba followed his advice, and he went back and mm-hmm. went back to the get his throne and do all that stuff. That's right. Uh, so thank you to Rafiki from the Lion King. The, you know what? The Lion King is full of uh, good lessons. Oh yeah, it's that, a cartoon full of lessons. In, yeah, in real life, and uh, Rafiki is certainly uh, a contributor. I, my favorite scene from the Lion King is when the the hyenas go um, ask the question like, "Who brought the pig?" And then <laughs> and then he takes offense that are you talking to me? <laughs> They yeah. call me Mr. Pig. And they made him pay. He made yeah. him pay. Pumbaa who, made him pay. All right. Who brought the pig? <laughs> so. We want to thank Michael Johansson, director of BYU Alumni Relations. It was so good to visit with him about what the um, tailgates have done around the country. Um, you know, it's, it's get together, eat some food, go watch the game and all that stuff. But it's the service projects that have a lasting impact on the community long after the team yeah, goes. I think it's great. It was great to have uh, Michael on with us. We'll have him on again. And we'll have the chapter presidents on before each away game to find out what's going on in those communities, what the service project is for that week, and how you all all can get involved. First up will be Arkansas Yep. as we get into the fun. third week of September. Podcast will be up tomorrow. Please share it with your friends. Tell your friends about us, the wise guys. And we'll be back next week. Fessy Sataki. We got a lot to talk to him about, including yeah. Cody Epps. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll have another wide receiver. They get out of the portal by next week. Would that be nice? Yeah, that'd be great. Do you know something? Possibly. <laughs> we do know some things. Well, it's on a possibility. This show. So we'll, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, everybody.